Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Today we're starting a new series. Okay. (laughs) And uh, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 17. And um, today is a foundation for the series. You know how I work now. You know, you start off, you introduce something, you get the concept, the mindset of it, and then it unfolds in the series. But John 17, and uh, I'm going to read this. You know, I thought I'd pull out a couple of scriptures. I'm going to read the whole chapter. So this is the words of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. The words of Jesus Christ. No greater words than the words of Jesus. And it said, he lifted up his eyes to heaven. So it's even something that he did. It's not just something he tells us to do. Lift up your eyes is something he did. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. So, Here we have one of those rare opportunities to hear the prayers of Jesus. Doesn't often happen in Scripture. You hear them every now and again. And we know he prayed all the time. Regularly prayed. Prayed, in fact, one person put it like this. He went from one place of prayer to the next place of prayer and in between worked miracles. Sometimes I think we get that around the wrong way. Work miracles and work miracles and work miracles and do our job and do whatever else and sometimes pray in between. This is a wonderful example of where Jesus is praying and we hear his relationship with the Father. What he says, how he says it. And he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. As you've given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life. Zoe, abundant life. Life as God has it. To all those that you've given him. And this is the abundant Zoe God kind of life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I've glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work which you've given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I've revealed your name. I've, I've revealed it. I've showed it. I've, it's been tangible. Your word has been able to be grasped out of my life, Jesus is saying. Your name, I've revealed your name. Who you are, your character. To the men whom you've given me out of the world, they were yours and you gave them to me. They've kept your word now. They have known that all things which you've given to me are from you. For I've given to them the words 
which you have given to me. And they have received your words and have known surely that I've come forth from you and that they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I don't pray for the world, not at this point, but for those whom you've given me, for they are yours and all mine are yours and all yours are mine and I'm glorified in them. Now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given to me that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those who you gave me, I have kept and none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. And I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. Set them apart. Make them special, holy, anointed, empowered. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I've also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for all those who will believe in me through their word. I'm one of those. I'm one of those that they all may be one as you Father are in me and I'm in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you've given to me, I've given to them. That they may be made perfect, oh sorry, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory, which you've given to me. For you've loved me before the foundation of the world. A righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I've known you. And these have known that you sent me. And I've declared to them your name and I will declare it that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Yeah, can we give God praise? Wow. Wow. Just... Wow. A prayer that is all about truth, what is, what needs to be, what will be. The relationship of the Godhead 
You know, people ask often, explain the Trinity. Read John 17. And actually, if you read John 14, 15, 16, 17, he talks all about the Holy Spirit. No, he doesn't really talk about the Spirit of God here, but he's just been talking about that for like three chapters. <laughs> the Holy Ghost in us, our teacher, our guide, our paraclete, the one who leads us and guides us into all the truth. And then he starts to pray. The first bit's been teaching in those earlier chapters. Then he starts to pray. And you know what? When you pray, what's really on the inside comes out. What's really on the inside? What's really there? Which is why if you pray all your problems, I know what's inside of you. It's just problems. It's just problems. But if we say, let's pray, and all of a sudden thankfulness comes out, or all of a sudden, hallelujah comes out. Not as a religious thing. Oh, let's pray. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. No, I'm, I'm talking about what, what really comes out. So when you pray, we know what's inside. Oh God, you know I'm not worthy. Oh, please, get saved then. <laughs> get saved. Dear God, we no longer have a consciousness of sin and unworthiness. We have a righteous conscience. Who we are in Christ. If my kids come up to me and say, oh dad, I'm just not worthy to come before you. I'll go, well, whose son are you? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, dear God, what religion has done, has destroyed what God, has tried to destroy what God has wanted to build. Everything we read there, Jesus said, as I am in this prayer with you, I'm giving them. We are in a day, we've always been in a day, but man, things are hotting up. We're in the days that Jesus prayed for. Matthew 25, various other places. Matthew 24, oh, Pastor Jay, you're just getting end times. I think the church needs to wake up. I think we do. Not to become unbalanced, but be to become informed. Because if you're not informed, you're just going to panic. You're just going to be like the rest of the world. But we're in the days that Jesus prayed for, really, that all men can come to the knowledge of the truth. We do growth track, as you know, and we've put through now about 130 people just this year. And that's just the people who have done growth track, people coming into the church just in this last six months. And now everybody who comes in the church, you know, as we talk about it, and I know growth track is upstairs happening now. And, um, you know, we talk about the vision, the history, where we're going, what we're doing, all of those things. What God we believe has for us, what makes Citygate, Citygate, not in competition with anybody else. But, you know, we all need to know where home is. 5,000 great churches in London. We all fit somewhere. And we give everybody on that first session now the soul winner book. Because we want everybody to know this is who we are. Soul winning church. Not Sunday attending church. I don't want to stand before God and say, hey, I'm saved. 
Thank you, God. Oh, awesome. I lived healed and I do live healed. Prospered. Thank you, God. Look, look at the prosperity I had. You better believe it. I'm a prosperity preacher. Look at the abundant life I've had. And God says, yeah, everything I gave you was to be multiplied a thousand times to the people around your life. Amen. Amen. Soul winning church. I mean, there's a point when, do we really want more? Really? Do we not just want more to give? More to sow? More to be a blessing with? But here we are in a generation that Jesus prayed for. That the world would know that the Father sent Jesus. The world would know. That the church would reveal and show an agreement. Unity. Talking, I had lunch with a pastor the other day and just just really caught up with what's going on. and, And we just got really talking about You know, the church, God's glorious bride. And one of the most incredible things I've ever seen about the church, we're all one. Never criticize the church to me. You won't like what I say. (laughs) Oh, that church over there. So they do it differently. And we got talking, I was, I was at a conference in Sydney once, the C3 conference with Pastor Phil Pringle and brilliant, I used to go there quite a lot and um, over in Sydney, Australia and like 6,000, 7,000 people there. And there was a speaker there that day, um, we'd all know Canon J. John, a lot have heard of him. One of the greatest, greatest leaders for the UK and the world really that we've had, just what a what a gift of God he's been to the body of Christ and to the world and he brings on this girl in a a dress beautiful wedding gown and he started to say oh I don't like don't like your worship I don't like your preaching I don't like your tradition and as everything he said he had this pot I I was a long way back you know 6,000 people 8,000 people in the place but he had a paintbrush and everything he said he splattered some black ink on the dress Here's God trying to make the church without spot or wrinkle, stain or free. And there's the church throwing mud at each other. Wow. Let's work with the Holy Ghost, amen? Let's work with God, not against Him. So all of this is in the prayer. I've not even started on my first point yet. So I'm just going to, I'll just hammer through the six points I've got, but. This is the day we're in. Church coming together to shine and see people saved, healed, delivered. I want to change that percentage that 2.6% of people, 2.8% of people are in church in the United Kingdom. 2.8%. 97.2% are not in church in the United Kingdom. It's a horrendous percentage. We want to do something about that, amen. 
Well, this is not really where, this, it's not going where I thought this was going to go this morning. <laughs> Jesus said that the church would reveal and show an agreement that is only found in the Godhead. It's only found there. That's our plumb line. The plumb line is how the Father, Son and Holy Ghost relate. That's our plumb line for how we relate with each other and with God. And you know what he says in the middle of it? He said, the world's going to hate them because of the Word of God. There's already campaigns now to make the Bible a hate book to be made illegal. That's already happening. don't want to shock anybody, but that's, that's already happening. Um... He said the world's going to hate them because they believe the word of God and all that sort of stuff. He said, but they're not of the world. They're in the world. He said, just like I was in the world, but not of it. They're in the world and not of it. And then he says, I'm sending them into the world. And so much, this prayer, I could do a series on the prayer. Amazing, amazing, wonderful, powerful prayer. In the middle of it, he says this, sanctify them. Set them apart. Set the Christians, the church, apart. Sometimes we don't like to hear that word apart. We don't want to be different. You know, we don't want to be different. We are different. We are different. We love, not hate. We encourage, not criticise. We don't tear down, we build up. We love people in spite of their failings. We don't use words like respect, we use honour. Bible words. He said, sanctify them, set them apart, make them whole. I could throw in so many other scriptures. (coughs) Excuse me, make them whole, spirit, soul and body. Financially, socially, let them stand apart. Let them get their identity from your truth. Today I want to speak on, well, I'm beginning a series which is called God Said It, I Believe It, That Settles It. Where are we starting? Does that come up? Boom. Can we all say that? God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Today, I want to speak on God's word is truth. Wow, we're in a day of so much confusion. Lots of this sort of expression coming out. But that's your truth. Now let me tell you about my truth. And what they mean is that's your opinion. Now let me tell you my opinion, what's real to me. Well, hang on a minute. The instant you start saying truth is subjective, you lose the plot. 
What is truth? Well, I'm just going to go straight in. This is not academy. This is not a a Bible study session. But I'm just going to start to declare what we mean by God's word is truth. Truth is the word of God. Truth. Truth. It's not just a history book. It's not just an opinion. It's not just another religious idea. Ah, but it was put together by men. Well, Jesus said, your word is truth. What you say is truth. As far as we are concerned today, that is the Bible. The Bible. So it is clear as day. Can't add to it, can't take away from it. The Bible as we have it, Old Testament and New Testament, does not include the Apocrypha. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, you won't find it in the King James, New King James. It does not include other religious texts. It's the Bible, the truth of God's Word. To know the Word of God to believe the Word of God, to receive the Word of God, to walk in the Word of God, to speak the Word of God, to live in the Word of God, to harvest the truth of the Word of God is the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The work of the Holy Spirit is not just about a feeling, an experience. His work is to do this one thing, reveal the truth. To reveal the truth. Ah, but he's he's here to anoint me to heal the sick. No, he's anoint me, he's, he's here to reveal the truth in me and the truth in me will heal the sick. You won't go around healing anybody if you don't know the truth. So this thing about the truth of God's Word is vitally, vitally important to us today. So I'm just going to split this up. I've just got five, six things to just say, really just as as titles. Firstly, the integrity of God's Word. The integrity of God's Word. And I'm believing God today that the Holy Spirit is just going to do something in each and every life here today just about the Bible and about God's Word. Because I know a lot of people, you know, you come to church, you don't read your Bible. You're not reading it every day. You might get your little, you know, the verse of the day pop up along with all the other stuff that comes up. But that's not really loving God's Word, is it? It's not really being hungry for the Word of God. So we're going to just really deal with this today. And, you know, I say to Academy on a Sunday, you know, who come on the Monday, I don't want to see a phone on the desk. I want to see a physical Bible. Now that's because I think we need to do something to bring the Bible back into a place of honour. Not as some tradition and law that you can't read. I read it on my phone, of course I do. I've got it on my computer when I'm studying but 
you know, you know, if you say this is my time to read the Bible and it's just on your phone, how many times do you have to swipe away notifications? Hello? So I'm sorry, that ain't gonna work if you're feeding yourself. It's not gonna happen. That's a bit like there you are at lunch and suddenly somebody comes in, do you want a Mars bar? And you think, no, 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 I'm eating, thank you. And you just carry on eating. And somebody comes in, do you want a bag of peanuts? And it's like, no, no, please, I'm eating my dinner here. And then somebody else says, do you want to watch TV? And it's like, no, turn the TV off. I'm eating my dinner. I'm trying to focus on this. And then, and then somebody else comes and it's like, you know, do you want to go and play football? No, hang on, I'm eating my dinner. Leave me alone. I'm feeding. So I'm not going to make some law or tradition or whatever, but I'm going to encourage you to, to go back to the physical Bible. I'm going to encourage you to go back to it. Somebody said to me, in fact, Tom, I think, or said or, or sent me something about, you know, if I'm at home and I'm on my phone and I'm in the Bible, my kids don't know if I'm in the Bible or if I'm on Facebook. They don't know. We need to train our kids with what they look at. Oh, dad's reading the Bible. Hello? I just think we just got to get back to some stuff. Not from law, not from a place of religiosity, but from a place of single-mindedness and purpose. Purpose. Anyway, let me get back. Integrity of God's word. I'm just going to have to blast through these in like eight minutes. That's a minute each. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. All things were created by the Word and the Word became flesh. Jesus and His Word are one, yeah? Psalm 138 verse 2, You've magnified your Word even above all your name. God is not a man that He should lie. If God says one wrong thing, I can't trust anything He says. Wow. Wow. It undermines the whole nature of God. If God is not the truth and his word is not the truth. Jesus himself stood on the word of God. It is written. The integrity of God's word. I've heard this for 40 years. I have got to trust God's word more than I trust the word of a doctor, a Lawyer, an accountant, anybody. More. God's word is truth. The integrity of God's word is beyond reproach. God's word is truth. Number two, we know God through His Word. We know God through His Word. Now, you know, people will always go off beam if they close the Bible and just want an experience. Satan, he can easily give you an experience. Every cult started with an experience. I saw an angel. He gave me a prophetic dance to do. 
And as I danced, something happened. So now we're going to create the church of the holy dancing. Oh, where's that in the Bible? Oh, it doesn't matter. I had an encounter with God. We know God through His Word. He reveals Himself to us through His Word. If I'm not reading the Bible, how on earth am I going to know God? God and His Word are one. 2 Timothy chapter 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed. Useful, I can put it in a paraphrase, for knowing God. Knowing God's ways, knowing God's will. God's will is revealed in His Word. You know, so often we're praying, oh, what's your will for my life? Let's start with the written will. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Shine, forgive people, love people, don't get offended, grow up. I mean, there are all sorts of things. God's will for our lives before we get into, oh, what's specific? What's my calling, God? And we're not even doing the written stuff. The more we do the written stuff, the more everything else just unfolds before us. Hello? Are you getting anything out of this this morning? I know it's like really just straight. It's just straight. God's ways are revealed through His Word. Oh God, if it be Thy will, will You heal this person? Hang on a minute, read your Bible. It's always God's will to heal the sick. Always, 100% of the time. It's never, if it be thy will. It's God, we know what your will is because we look to the cross and Jesus died for sickness and for sin and for oppression and for depression. We don't ever have to pray, if it be thy will, because God's will happened 2,000 years ago and we live in the good of the will and the ways of God, which are facts 2,000 years ago. It's truth. God's ways and God's will are revealed in His Word. Number three, God's Word is alive. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4.12, for His Word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword and is divides the soul, the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions, the intents of your heart. John 6.63 the words of Jesus, he said, are spirit and are life. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the Word of God. God's Word is alive. Alive. It's not dead, it's alive. It gives life when you hear God speak to you out the book. That explosion takes place. I mean, there are times when I, I'm just going through, I read something the other day and it exploded. Exploded. I've told a couple of people, I was in a, I was in a coffee shop when I told one person and I thumped the table. It's like, gun, bam! I'll throw my coat over this section. Something explodes. You know, you find people say, your word came to me and it was fire on the inside of me. 
Let's get back to some fire words on the inside where it's alive and it's living and it's breathing. And it's not just, oh, God so loved the world. It's like, God loved. Let the words come alive. If they're not alive, they're not being fed by the Holy Ghost or we're not listening. Because this is alive, this is living, it's active. Something happens, joy explodes, faith explodes, authority explodes. Something starts to happen. And you know, please don't think I'm some extrovert in life. I'm really very much an introvert in life. But something happens in praise and worship. When I start to lift up Jesus, I can't stay still. Somebody said to me last night, Pastor Jay, you're not dancing. I said, I don't dance. I don't dance. I just want to sit down and watch everybody else. Not interested. But when Sharon grabs me, that's another thing. That first dance last night and it's like, oh, I was there and Sharon came and she... And I went, hey. I didn't need much encouraging there. But it's the Word that's alive. It's the Word of God living and breathing. The Bible says that the eyes of your understanding may be flooded with light. I read that verse the other day and I've read it I don't know how many times. I won't talk about it now because I'm going to be talking about it next Sunday night, the vision night. It's like, boom. This is explosive. This is revelation. The revealed Word of God. It's life-changing. Mind-renewing. Heals your body. Brings a breakthrough into your family. Sorts out your finances. Destroys strongholds in your life. The revealed Word of Almighty God. I need to get on. Number four, the miracle action of the Word of God. Hebrews 1.3, God upholds all things by the power of His Word. Mark 16, and they went out everywhere and they spoke the Word of God and God worked with and confirmed the Word that they spoke. The miracles in the Word. When I lift my voice and shout, miracles start breaking out. It's the Word of God coming out from our spirit put in there by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God. 1 Peter 1.23, we are born again by the seed of God's Word. It's His Word that does the miracle. It's the declaration of Jesus is Lord. That causes the new creation. The Word of Almighty God, which lives and abides forever, brings the power of God into action in our lives. Psalm 107 verse 20, God sent His Word and everybody got healed. Matthew 8, 16, Jesus cast out spirits with His Word. It's the Word of God. 
The Word of God, the miracle action of the Word. Number five, the mirror of the Word. This is something I got hold of back in 1985. James chapter one. Look into the perfect law of liberty, which he says is the Word of God. It's a mirror back to your life. By his stripes you were healed. I see myself healed. I can see me healed right there in 1 Peter 2.24. There it is. It's a mirror. I can see it. It's a mirror. It's a mirror. It's not, oh Lord, I'll pray that. No, it's a mirror. I can see it. And actually James chapter 1 says this. A lot of Christians are like this. They look into the perfect law of liberty. They close the book and they forget what they were looking at. Now, I could do a whole thing here, ask you to get out your mirror. I know a lot of you ladies will have mirrors. Don't be so sexist. Any blokes got a mirror on them? <laughs> no, point. Point. <laughs> Hello. Get out a mirror and have a look at yourself and study yourself for 30 seconds. We could do this as an exercise. I've done it many times. And then I say, put, you know, put down the mirror. And then I say, how many ears have you got? I say, well, I got two. How do you know? I saw them. How many noses? Bang, one. How many mouths? One. How many moles have you got on your face? Well, I've got the big one there. I've got the big one, the obvious one. Okay, how many freckles have you got? Oh, lots. Well, how many? Well, I don't know. Well, you were just looking at yourself. Well, I didn't count them. You've got a general picture. How many eyelashes have you got? You spend enough time combing them. <laughs> well, I don't know. But you just looked. You just focused on the obvious. All the information was there. Just takes a bit of time to look at the detail. It's a mirror. The Word of God is a mirror. And when you look in a mirror, I don't see somebody else, I see me. Oh Lord, I know you love them. Hang on, it's a mirror. I'm not looking at them, I'm looking at me. I'm looking at me. I don't see anybody else when I look in the mirror except for myself because that's what a mirror does. The mirror of the Word of God. As we go through this series, we're going to go through six, seven, eight things which are just statements out the Word of God which we're going to settle once and for all. God said it. Come on. I believe it. God settles it. That settles it. It's what we're going to do. That's what this series is about. Too much confusion. Oh, what, what about this? What about that? No, we're going to deal with it as a mirror. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and your knowledge of the truth, the revealed word of God in your life, shall make you 
free. Can I hear an amen this morning, yeah? Third John as we close. And we're going to receive the bread and the wine right now to settle this, that God's word is truth. Beloved, I pray. Jesus has already said your word is truth. Come on, stay with me. Jesus has already said your word is truth. Beloved, I pray you may prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the word that is in you. Just as you walk in the word. I've no greater joy than to hear my children walk in the word. Not to just know about God's word, but to have the revealed word of God on the inside. Now, Abram prayed. He had a promise from God and we got 6,000 of them or whatever it is. Abram prayed this, how do I know? How do I know that that's true? You said it, how do I know that's true? Could be anything, lay hands on the sick and they recover. How do I know? It could be given, it'll be given unto you again. It could be as He is, so are we in this world. It could be, could be anything from, from God's Word. Your flesh wrestles with it. Your spirit comes alive with it. Abram had a direct promise from God and he said, how do I know this is true for me? He questioned the integrity of God. God didn't get upset, but he said this, let's make a covenant. Let's make a covenant. They just shared the bread and the wine together, but there was a whole picture going on here. And he said, get animals, cut them in half, walk up and down in the blood, God walked in the blood. Abram walked in the blood. You know this, did a series on it a couple of years ago. So as we take the bread and the wine today, we're having a covenant lunch with God. It's as if God is signing a legal agreement right now to say what I've said is true. You can take it to the bank. You can take it to the solicitor. You can take it to the doctor. You can take it to wherever you need to take it. God's written word is truth. The Bible. So we're going to receive the bread and the wine. Thank you, Tom. And we're going to stand in the presence of God as we do this. I know this is obviously about the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what this is. So I'm not trying to take away from what this speaks of, but today I want I want this to settle in our spirit today. God's word is truth. God's word is truth. That we settle it. The integrity of God's word, the miracle action of God's word, that God's word is alive. That we know God through His word. We have the honour and the privilege of having God in print. Where's God? Right here. Everything you need to know about God is right here. Every experience you need to have with God is because of what we've got here. And I know there's a lot of young people here today. What's truth? What about trans? What about feelings? 
this settles it all. Settles it all. What it says is truth. The world's going to hate us for it. Because they want to take truth out from being truth and make it extremism. Make it political. Make it whatever. It's the truth of God's Word. Did you get anything out of this today? Father God, as we stand in your presence, honouring your Word, exalting your Word. You've exalted your Word even above your name. Your Word is truth. So right now, we declare your Word is truth. Can we all say that? God's Word is truth. Can we say it again? God's Word is truth. Father, we thank You that this is settled in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we take this bread and drink this cup right now, we're proclaiming the Lord's death until He comes. We, Lord, are doing this as one body together. We're thanking You, God, for the death of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice for sin and sickness and poverty. But Lord, we're doing this specifically today to say Your Word is truth. In Jesus' Name. Take off the top cellophane, the see-through one, you get the wafer. Let's eat together. And after you've done that, if you peel back the silver bit, the juice is available. We receive it. In Jesus' name. you've been here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour I know we've overrun and I'm going to have to ask people to be very quick to go and get their children just go straight out the front doors and run around because the team have got to do all this again in 15 minutes so we need to give them a break but if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour or you know you need to come back to God with every eye closed and every head bowed Whoever you are, whatever your background, your history, your belief, your religion, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? With every eye closed and every head bowed, please. If that's you here today and you just want to say, yeah, Pastor Jay, will you pray for me? I, 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 I want to settle this today that I've got eternity with God in heaven. If I died today, I know I'm going to heaven. But Jesus is my Lord and Saviour. It's not about being a good person, being religious. None of that will give you eternal life. Jesus said, and we read it, this life is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you today, I want you to be bold and confident like many, many people have every week here. I want you to lift your hand high and say, yep, that's me. I want to settle this. I want to settle my eternity. Come back to God, receive Jesus as Lord. Will you lift your hand in this auditorium now, please? Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. So I look across this auditorium anybody else online please respond to Jesus receive him as your Lord and Saviour wonderful let's all pray this prayer together Heavenly Father thank you for your love that's demonstrated in Jesus I receive you Jesus as my Lord my Saviour my friend I believe you died on the cross and were raised from the dead and I receive you now and by the help of your grace and your power I'll never be the same again. 
I receive eternal life in Jesus' Name. Amen. Let's give God some praise here today, shall we?